All right. And after two weeks of absence and the abundance of emails we got asking if everything was okay, we're back. Did we have any of those? Well, hell no. We got none. <laughs> We've still had people downloading shows, though. I so. know. Thank y'all. Y'all are still listening. Exactly. We love it. Y'all just needed to catch up like we did, I guess. Yeah. Because we were off in the wild mountains of Illinois. Yes. Wild mountains. <laughs> when she really means like a hill. And lots of corn. And wind lots, turbines. Lots of corn. Lots of corn. And potatoes. And potatoes. For some disc golf. Disc golf, yes. We will discuss that in a minute, but let's go ahead and get our warning out of the way and do our little intro thing. All right. This podcast may not be suitable for children. If you are easily offended or bothered by strong language or dark humor, this may not be the podcast for you. This podcast accepts no responsibility for butthurt feelings or erections lasting longer than four hours. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to What the Was That Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne. And I'm the other host. You're just going to leave her hanging like that, huh? <laughs> I'm Jill. They should know that by now. Well, they know who I am, but I say my name every time. I'm Jill. She's Jill. So, you know, it's been a minute since we heard the intro music. Yeah. Kind of missed it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's nice to be back recording again. Yeah. Get the headphones on. Yeah. Get ready to yell at the cats a little bit. And uh, you know me. I've researched so much over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. None. At all. <laughs> but I did compete in the Ledgestone Disc Golf Tournament, which is one of the largest tournaments. Well, this year it is the largest tournament. Because they've had zero others. And um, the payout for the pros was like six grand for the for the males, and I'm not even talk about the four dollars for the women. It was awful. the 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 ratio is so off, but I can't fix it. The PDGA is sexist. So, anywho, um, I was expecting to come in around a hundred and tenth place, being Cause, realistic, because there were a hundred. Sixteen people, and I was expecting six six of them to drop out, mm-hmm. so that would put me right there where I think I usually end up is last, and I'm okay with that. I know my skill level, but apparently I went out there and made a showing. Um, I ended up finishing sixty eighth, but I fought from the fourth place on my card every day up to second, but I held the card for quite a few of the round too, so. Mm-hmm. Where's our applause button? Yeah. Oh, it's on the other one, and I'm not going back to it. So, um, I missed payout by 10 spots, which I'm I'm very happy with. I mean, that's the best I've done in a big tournament. And we're waiting for the second Tuesday in September to see how your, oh, your rating goes. Ratings. Gotta love them ratings. Right now, I am a 757. Hoping for 800. I don't think that's right. You don't think I'm a 757? I think I would remember that because that's like a plane. I think you're like 753. I think you're full of shit. (laughs) I might be, but I don't think you're 757. But a plane's a 747, isn't it? Well, there's also a 757. 
So who knows? Oh, I know. I know exactly what I'm rated. Because it's a 756. Oh, see? You were wrong. Okay, but it's not a 753. No, but I knew what you said wasn't right. (laughs) You're full of shit again. That's what I said. I said I don't think that's right. What, What was I rated before this? I have no idea. 747. Well, that's a plane. So, there. So, you can only be plane numbers. Maybe so. So, what's a big plane number? I don't know. Oh, well. It's no good. No. Um, Sorry, sidebar. Yep. <laughs> so, tonight, what are we going to talk about? Um, I think you had something about a kid. Don't give it away. A kid. <laughs> and we're going to talk about a nun. And... And another teenager. And another teenager that... We're going to talk about murder. Yes. Murder. Murder. Red rhyme. Oh, I hate it when you do that. Because <laughs> you haven't seen the movie and you don't know what it is. <sighs> right? No, I know exactly what it is. It's murder spelled backwards. Yeah, but they don't know that in the movie yet. How can they not know that? I don't know. They don't. Okay. So, let's talk about some murder. Let's get to talking. All right. You want to talk about Sugarland, Texas first? Um, Which one is that? That one is the guy and his family. Okay. So, yes. Let's talk about that one first. Okay. So, we have the Whitakers of Sugarland, Texas. They are quite the fancy Whitakers. You know, they're kind of upper, upper middle class probably. Probably not upper class, but... So they probably live in like a $14 million home. Probably. So we've got Kent and Trisha. That's mom and dad. Then we've got Kevin and Bart, who are the kids. And Bart, I don't know how old he was at the time. He was, I guess, young 20s because his little brother Kevin was 19. They had all gone out. And had celebrated him finishing up college. He'd gone out to dinner. He was supposed to be graduating from Sam Houston State University with honors. So they went out to celebrate. Have a good dinner. Like you're supposed to. Yeah, you're supposed to celebrate those things. It's an accomplishment. Before COVID anyways. Now you just say, good job. Um, so they got home. It's December 10th, 2003, and they walked into their house. Uh, Bart stayed in the car for a second. He said he was looking for a cell phone, that he couldn't find his cell phone. They go in the house, and there are armed robbers in the home that gun the family down. Bart, go, Bart hears the gunshots. He goes into the home. He gets shot in the arm, too. Mm. And the intruders run off. So he called 911 and explained he was shot in the arm and had chased the shooter out the back door. When he asked about the race of the assailant, he said he didn't know. Well, you didn't take in anything when these people were shooting you and your family? 
So, thought everyone had died but him, but it turns out his dad, kept, um, yeah, his dad had survived. Right. When they were investigating, um, each of the other family members only had one bullet wound each. So it wasn't even just like a mass spray of bullets. It was single assassination. Shots. Yeah. Um, Deliberate. Yes. Someone had pried open the gun safe and actually took Mr. Whitaker's gun and did it with his own gun. So the police initially thought they had a suspect in an armed robbery at a different house that matched up to the same, what's it called, signature? M.O. Yeah. But the bloodhounds didn't pick up the scent at this house. So it was different people. Dogs were pretty accurate. Yeah. So while the police are doing their investigation, newspaper reporters are doing their investigation too. And they discover Bart never finished college. What? He had transferred from Baylor University in Waco, where an informant tipped off police about Bart's plan to kill his family back in 2001, to Sam Houston State University. He apparently skipped a lot of class, then quit going completely, and blew his tuition money on some form of recreation. So, this story has been featured on Forensic Files. Um, Bart previously had been arrested for breaking into his high school and stealing computers, which, I mean, compared to murder, that's not really a big deal. But it still shows a history of criminal activity. Investigators also were bothered that at a picture of Bart taken at his graduation dinner, he was giving the finger, like flipping flipping the camera off. But, you know, I've got family members that every time the camera's pointed at them. That's what you do. Yeah. So, that's not really. It's kind of like when the camera comes on me, I go stone cold killer. <laughs> or goofy. Yeah, that. <laughs> so then a friend of Bart's named Adam Hip came forward five days after the murders and told police that Bart tried to get him to kill his parents two years before that. Adam replicated a diagram of the house's layout and where the gunman was supposed to sit and wait. Wow. He just let this guy... He left a lot of loose ends, apparently. Yeah. And this friend said that the parents, actually, Kent and Trisha, they had heard about this plot, but they didn't take it seriously. Like, oh, ha, ha, he's trying to kill us, whatever. I don't think that's something... If I heard that, I'd probably have to ask some questions. We're going to have a talk, for sure. Yeah, somebody's going to be catching these hands. Yeah. Well, the police, of course, they checked Adam Hip out, because, you know, wouldn't it be a great plan to kill these people and then blame it on Bart and say that, well, he tried to get me to do it, but I just wouldn't. Right. So they checked him out, but he actually had an alibi for the night of the shooting. So then they turn and look at two of Bart's co-workers. Chris Brashear and Stephen Champagne denied any involvement in the homicides and provided DNA samples and sent test, sent test specimens for those dogs. That was a lot of s- 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 
Yes, a lot of S's. Yes. <laughs> um, the police actually tapped their phones, but they never picked up any incriminating conversations. Guess that's a good thing. Yeah. The authorities also had Adam Tripp try to get Bart to admit that he planned his family's murder. Bart didn't specifically refer to any particular plan, but a phone call recording caught him trying to bribe, bribe Adam to keep quiet and said he'd give him $20,000 if he wouldn't Holy say anything. crap. Where'd he get twenty grand? Uh, tuition? <laughs> thought he spent that on recreations. Maybe that was the recreation. No, oh, that's called hush money. <laughs> so... A year and a half after the shootings, Stephen Champagne admitted that Bart hired him to help kill his family. I guess his conscience finally caught up with him. He couldn't hide it anymore. Hmm. He explained that he was watching the Whitakers at the graduation dinner and called Brashear to let him know when they left the restaurant. Champagne also drove the getaway car. He claimed he didn't really want to be involved with the homicide plot, but felt like he was trapped. I guess one of those, like, well, I know too much, and what's he going to do to me now that I know if he's willing to kill his family? That would be my questioning. Right. Of course, I can see that. I'd probably just straight up go to the cops. Yeah, it's kind of get kind of hard to get got at the police station. Right. So Champagne led police to the spot where he and Brashear threw a bag with the murder evidence into Lake Conroe. That's a weird name for a lake. Conroe? Conroe. Um, maybe the last name of the guy that built it. And divers were able to recover it. It contained a chisel with paint matching that on Kevin's gun safe. It also held a glove that matched one left at the murder scene. And a water bottle with Chris Brashear's DNA sealed on the inside of the cap. <laughs> nice. Guess he might get thirsty while he's waiting to kill people. Well, you know, <laughs> the killing business is a thirsty business. You have to stay hydrated. It's got got to high pod H two O. Somebody just the devil in this. I don't know who, but it ain't she the devil. It's somebody the devil. <laughs> oh, I think I know who the devil is. Bart the devil. I think Bart's the devil. All right. So, Brashear, can you spell devil? Devil. D e b i l. Devil. Devil. <laughs> So, Brashear and Champagne were arrested almost two years after the murders. I'd hate to know that two years afterwards, I get busted. Yeah. Well, this is probably why they came forward. Bart never paid them. Oh. (laughs) So, they probably finally were like, I ain't getting no money and I killed these folks. So, they probably thought, well, we'll roll over on him. They'll go easy on us and... I guess they thought it'd clear their conscience or something. I don't know. Maybe. Sometimes a good night's sleep might be worth it. So Bart took seven to $10,000 of his dad's cash and fled to Mexico. So, And it says with his help of Rudy Rios, but I thought that was the name he was going by. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That, that was the alias. So anyways, he, he goes to Mexico, the town of... Saralvo and found a girlfriend, got a job at a furniture store owned by her family. Um, he was the popular new guy in town and he 
told everyone that he got the bullet wound in his arm while fighting in Afghanistan. It says murderers like to tell war stories whether they happened or not. I guess that's something that people won't question and ask too many details about. You're looking like you're going to go find this guy and kill him yourself. Damn. Maybe should have left that part out. Y'all don't tell Dwayne. <laughs> All right. Do you have things you'd like to say about that? No, we'll just move on. He also told people his mother was a prostitute and he was essentially an orphan. Well, I mean, we don't know that she wasn't. I mean, I guess, but that's how he. Maybe that's how he got here. Maybe um, it says, but Rudy Rios. So I guess that was somebody he was actually with. Okay, couldn't resist a ten thousand dollar reward offered for information on his what? whereabouts. He turned him over. Turned him over, and he was extradited back to the U.S. Holy crap! So the grand jury indicted Bart. He was 25 then, so, I mean, I guess he was about 22 when all this went down. Um, Steve Champagne and Chris Brashear, and this happened in October of 2005. Chris Brashear pleaded guilty in 2007 and (laughs) received life with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Oh, I feel he should have got it bumped down a little bit. So that possibility of parole, that would make him 53 when he'd be up for parole. But living at 53 in prison. It's not that hard to do if you. Yeah, but he's going to be a worse criminal when he gets out than when he went in. Maybe not. You're going to be mean the last 30 years in prison, don't you? Have you not saw Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, there was one guy that made it out okay. Morgan well, Freeman. <laughs> well, no, the little little short old guy that couldn't work at the grocery store that hung himself. Yeah, he killed himself. He wasn't mean. No, but he killed himself. He just didn't know any other <laughs> life other than prison. Right. Anyways, spoiler alert for Shawshank Redemption there. <laughs> Don't get too attached to the little old guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, it says basically what happened that night was that Brashear went into the house and he pulled out drawers and stuff like that to make it look like a robbery, but the cash, jewelry, and computer equipment weren't touched. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Um, Steve Champagne got 15 years in exchange for testifying against Brashear and Bart. So, remember, he was the one that came forward. Right. So... The other guy who actually pulled the trigger was the one that got 30 years. The guy who actually came forward and confessed and started leading them down the right path got 15. Right. Do we know if um, dude got his 10 grand? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. So anyways, they they had made it look like a robbery. Um, Brashear shot Kemp, Patricia, and Kevin as they entered the house and then gave Bart his courtesy wound in the arm. <laughs> I guess um I guess he had told him to make it look real by shooting him shooting him too. <laughs> um in his rush to exit, he actually gathered up Bart's cell phone instead of the gun. What? <laughs> wow. So his his gun 
got left there. Well, the gun that they took out of the safe got left there. Um, he entered the getaway car, and they dumped the bag with the murder items in the water. Right. Now, um, after the shootings, it said Bart did a good job of pretending he was happy that EMTs saved his dad. But at some point, he told Champagne he wanted to finish off the job and really kill his dad the next time. So he still was, like, not satisfied. Because just his mom and his brother had died. That's crazy. It said investigators found that in addition to Bart's 2001 and 2003 attempts to eliminate his family, there was at least one prior plot in 2000. He had a couple of his Baylor acquaintances break into the home to kill the Whitakers, but they fled when an alarm went off. So this guy, this is premeditated as hell. Right. This is like years in the work. This is like Andy getting out of prison. Yeah. And the plot and having the thing in the wall. A and pocket full at a time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So on March 8th, 2007, after deliberating for two hours, two oh, hours. One that takes that long. <laughs> a jury found Bart Whitaker guilty of murder. They probably were waiting for lunch to be brought in. They was hungry. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, it's like 1130. If we just deliberate for just a bit, we'll get to eat. Yeah. Make it worth our time. <laughs> Before, this is where it gets like in my head just crazy. Before the sentencing phase, both Kent Whitaker, so that's the dad, and Trisha Whitaker's brother, so uncle, asked that Bart be spared the death penalty. Bart had admitted his guilt and expressed remorse for the murders and for roping his friends into the plans they stressed. How are you going to have remorse when you said you wanted to finish him off and do it right? Exactly. That ain't remorse. And you tried this four times? That's not remorse. Bart also said he always felt he couldn't live up to his his parents' expectations. So? What kids do. Do better? I mean... <laughs> At least make a valid effort. Right? Um, after an emotional contentious 12 hours during which some jurors at first disagreed about whether Bart constituted a continuing threat to society, Bart got a sentence of death by lethal injection. Kent Whitaker, dad... Mm-hmm. Forgave Bart and fought for years to prevent him from being executed. He also said he forgave the shooter, Chris Brashear. Although no one knows if Bart's remorse was genuine, his polite cooperative behavior in prison impressed the guards so much that several of them wrote letters asking for clemency. His lawyer, Keith Hampton, y'all gonna love this urged the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles to remember the Old Testament story of Cain, who killed his brother, but was himself spared by God. You know, isn't the Old Testament null and void after Jesus died and bridged the gap between man and God? I thought so. That's, I also thought it, thought it said like eye for an eye or something in there. And, in the Old Testament, it does. So, yeah, it means, so if we're just going to pick and choose... Let's throw some stuff back at him and give him his lethal injection. Oh, I thought you were going to go throw some stones at him. (laughs) Well, we could do that, too. I mean, I'm fine with that. Either way. Mr. Whitaker's father 
insisted he would be victimized again if the state put the last remaining member of his immediate family to death. Uh, he killed his mom and brother. Yeah, he's only the last remaining immediate family member because he killed all the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked. Texas stopped the execution within hours of his, I guess, following through of lethal injection. In return, Bart agreed to give up any rights to parole. So life in prison, period. Period. But he's still alive. Living out his best life in yeah. prison. We pay him for it. Not just, well, we're not because we don't live in Texas, but whatever. If it's a federal prison. Oh, well, I'm sure it is. If it's a federal prison, I'm paying federal taxes, so. So I don't want them to feed him on my day. Yeah. And no toilet paper. Ooh. Yeah. Give him a corn cob. Yeah. Oh, he he can eat corn. And use the cob. And save the cob. There it is. Mm-hmm. That's all he gets, corn and a cob. But can he make a shank out of the cob? Mm, maybe. Let's just go bread and water, that stuff that turns to cement in your stomach. Mm, that's mm-hmm. right. Bread and water and no toilet. He can save a piece of bread to wipe with. But he won't have to because it's going to turn to cement in his stomach and he won't poo. I was watching a, um, maybe it was on YouTube or I may have heard it on a podcast about there was interviewing an inmate or a guy that had got out of prison and they, he said that they would literally eat toilet paper. Hmm. Just so their stomachs would have something to, to digest. Yeah. So, what else you got? Um, well, Mr. Brashear will be eligible for parole in 2035. A little ways off. Mm-hmm. Steve Champagne got out and stayed out. That's he, he's not close. listed with the Department of Criminal Justice anymore, so he hadn't done anything else bad. Is that still on his record, do you think? Oh, I'm sure. So he has to tell He was an adult, yeah. He's a felon. Yeah. Um, we have some of those at work. Which is cool. I like them. They're good guys. Kent, the dad, remarried. Um, He visits Bart regularly and speaks to him through the little glass partition. Um, And he wrote a book. And after the book, he has traveled around the country to speak about forgiveness. Hmm. Kind of makes you wonder if dad was involved in this too. Um, I don't know. I can see how the it's too many years have passed for that though to really throw up a red flag. Yeah, but I mean, he's from the start, you know, since he found out he was involved, been pushing for him to get leniency. Right, but that may be a plot in the book. And I I can't say that him remarrying is a sign that he was involved because we can't expect him to be alone for the rest of his life and just mourn his family that was murdered, but, you know, maybe let the one that did it rot in jail. He is. He's got life in jail. Yeah, but he goes to visit him. Probably puts money on his books and brings him cake on his birthday and shit. Does the cake have a file in it? I guess not so far. He's still in jail. One pocket of rocks at a time. That's true. That's how Andy did it. That's true. And for those who have not seen Shawshank Redemption, 
Andy is a character in it. And he's ruined the whole movie for you, so don't bother. Oh, no, watch it. You'll, you can watch it two or three times and still love it. And cry. It's a good movie. You'll cry. Unless you have no soul. I, I, I never <laughs> cried. Point made. But I also never cried when old Yeller died. Oh, gosh. So you think I'll cry when she's gone? So. That was a song reference. Oh, I was about to get my feelings really hurt. <laughs> Y'all can't see the look on my face, but damn. Well, he starts talking about not crying when old Yeller dies, and then says he's not going to be upset when I die. Like that's not cool. No, no, no. When when she's gone, who's the she? Me. She never cried when old Yeller died. So you think I'll cry when she's gone? Confederate Railroad. Okay. Well, that's terrible. Everyone should cry when old Yeller dies. There's another spoiler, y'all, if you haven't seen Old Yeller. <laughs> it's a rough one. I ain't going to lie. Old Yeller's rough. Surely when you were a kid, you got upset about that. I lived on a farm. The, I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> awful. Yes, awful. awful. All right. So do we want to talk about my other kid or we want to throw the nun in the middle here? Okay. Well, look. I was hoping to not keep this at an hour, mm-hmm. so we're at 30 minutes exactly. So you wanted it to be shorter? Yeah, I'd like to keep it right at an hour because okay. I still got a lot of editing or stuff to do to it. Okay. All right, so you want me to go to my other kid, and we'll talk about the nun another time if we run out of time? Yeah. Y'all just forget there was a nun. There was never a nun. Uh, we may. If none, you, none. You keep your kid into like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, but I love this story. You know that's probably not going to happen. Let's go. Okay. Now my window won't pull up. Okay, so we're talking about Kevin Davis. Kevin Davis. Kevin Davis uh, lived in Corpus Christi, Florida. Um, he was 18 years old. So he's an adult. Yeah. Um, when he decided one afternoon to kill his mother, Kimberly Hill. Just decided to do this. Yeah. Apparently, he had been fantasizing about it for a while, but just out of the blue decided, you know what? Today's the day. Let's do this thing. Now, he has confessed to all of this. Um, Actually, the reason that he was caught and even that his mother's body was discovered is when he finished all these lovely deeds I'm going to discuss. Oh, we should really throw in a extra heavy rating right now if you don't like gruesome stuff just hit stop and skip to the next episode um but he actually when he finished all this stuff and i guess cleaned up a little bit went to a neighbor's house knocked on the door and they came to the door and he's kind of bloody and they're like hang on you're going way out of order if you tell the whole story from the get-go this ending is like the epitome of wow okay well i'll wait then yes let's wait okay all right so this is all from his confession so this is him stating this is what i did and this This can be found on youtube it there's little clips of it on youtube now um we actually heard a lot more of it on the sword and scale podcast but I couldn't find, like, a lot of the clips to the interrogation say file not found now. Okay. But there's write-ups and articles and stuff. Yep. 
So this is this all from his confession. This is not investigation or speculation or anything like that. This is him saying, I did these things. 18 years old to his 50-year-old mother. And it's really creepy to listen to him talk, too. He's very monotone. And shows no emotion. No emotion whatsoever. It's like listening to a robot. Hmm. So... He confessed he started by trying to strangle his mother with the cord from one of his video game controllers, but it didn't work. That was back in the day when they had cords. His mom became hysterical and was screaming, so he did what he thought was the next rational thing to do. He went to her bedroom and grabbed a hammer. Out of the bottom drawer. Yep. He went back and bashed her in the head about 20 times with it. So, by bashing her in the head, think that's what killed her? Well, no. Okay. Um, it was killing her, but it didn't kill her immediately. Because as he was dragging her to the bedroom, she was still making like some gurgling noise and stuff. Right. And breathing. And he described it as like a snoring. He thought she was sleeping. But I'm sure she was, like, gurgling on blood. Yeah. Yeah. So, in this next part, this is why I say extra discretion. Since she was still alive, of course, he had bashed her with a hammer about 20 times. So, her head is cracked open, literally. He decides to give her brains a little stir. And I forget what he tried to use at first. But it didn't work very well. So he just reached his hand on in there and just squished on through it like it was Play-Doh. Wow. Yeah. Literally stirred his mother's brains with his hand. So luckily that killed her. I would hope so. Yeah. Especially because after that he decided now's a good time to lose my virginity. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, He actually said in the confession interview, I don't have standards. I don't have morals. A body's a body, a piece of meat. Guess I lost my virginity to a dead corpse. I mean, is there another kind of corpse, first of all? No, there's not. (laughs) Um, Wow. He actually had planned on killing his sister, too. And, okay, I got to read this as it says in this article, and I'll have to look. In, it's from Crime Crawlers, whatever that is, but um, I just love the way whoever wrote this wrote it. They're, they share my sarcastic mind. It says he admits he planned on killing his sister, too, when she arrived home, but everyone knows after sex, one loses all ambition. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. What Kevin said is that he fantasized about killing his sister and mother and that he would kill again. His perfect fantasy is dressing in a suit, decapitating a girl, and putting her in a dress before having sex with her corpse. He said it would be, quote, a night to remember. And in his trial, of course, the jury's heard all this stuff. They've probably had to see crime scene photos and listen to him talk about doing this stuff to his mother and fantasizing about doing this to his sister 
But what bothered them the most was when he admitted that he choked, drowned, and cut open his cat and proceeded to also have sex with the hole in his cat. I say put him in the electric chair. Right? Um, detect- detectives asked him if he regretted killing his mother. And he said, in a way, yes, but I wouldn't take back what I did. I did love her in a way. I'm a terrible, disgusting person. I'm not mentally disturbed. I'm sane. I know what I did. And he was sentenced to life in prison for that. So, after he bashed his, tried to strangle his mother with the cord. Yep. Bashed her in the head with a hammer. Stirred her brains with his hand. Well, drags her to the bedroom. Stirs her brains with his hand. Has sex with her, I think twice. I think it was more than once. Okay. Uh, it, either that or I think he had sex with her vaginally and orally. Okay. That may have been it. Um, kills his cat and has sex with it. Then he walks over to his neighbor's house. Ooh, what happens with the neighbor? He knocks on the door. They come to the door. I'm sure he's still got some blood and brains on him. Um, They're like, what's wrong? He says, I just killed someone. Can you call the police, please? At least he was polite. Yeah. So, as we found out on our trip, when someone says, can, can you call 911, you call 911. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so, they called the police. Um, I think the female of the couple called the police, and the guy was standing there kind of keeping an eye on this guy and making sure he didn't, you know, decide to kill more people. Um, and the police got there and picked him up, and he calmly went with them. And when they interviewed him, he's just calm as can be. Yeah. I mean, that's what's disturbing to me is how calmly he discusses all this stuff. I mean, they ask him something, and you'd expect him to get defensive. And no, I didn't do that. I didn't do this. He's like offering added details. You know, oh no, no, that's not how I did it. I I use this, right? You know, and. He says he's not mentally ill. I have I have witnessed very similar mental illness, not murder, but the behavior and mannerisms and the style that he talks. Um it's kind of scary. Not everybody obviously is violent that is mentally ill, but it can manifest that way when you have no perception of reality. You kind of lose that consequence to, to your actions mentality, right? And it that the monotone voice is what tripped me out because I have heard almost that exact same tone talking with people before, and and to talk about it that way when it's your mom, you know, and and not even be sad that she's dead, but. And and just calmly say, yeah, you had, one, you had sex with your mother. Gross. Two, you had sex with a dead person. Gross as well. Three, the dead person was your mother. Mm, Still gross. I mean, (laughs) Mm. I I don't know. 
I don't know. It, that that story is one that when I heard it, it has stuck with me and probably will forever. Um, I hate that that woman went through that. I hope she went quickly. But it doesn't sound like it happened real quickly if she was still, if right. she was able to be beat 20 times in the head. Because this guy, I mean, he was 18, but he was a scrawny kind of dude too. So he probably didn't have a whole lot of force behind that hammer. You don't have to be big to swing a hammer. Well, I know. But it, he hit her 20 times and she still wasn't dead. I mean, skull's pretty thick. I guess so. I just would think it would kill you quicker. I mean... I guess maybe if you aimed for, like, the brain stem area. I mean, my head bounced off the church wall, and it didn't break. That's true. But you got an extra big head. Doesn't have anything to do with the size of your head. <laughs> maybe it's thicker. That's why it's bigger. So... <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll move on to something that is equally as disgusting, but more entertaining. Um, and we'll talk about the nun that doesn't exist because she exists again. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> if I can find her, where'd she go? And this took place in the 1800s, correct? No. She was alive from 1575 to 1650. Okay, so even further back. Yeah, so all these other ones were recent crimes. They right. were like, I guess, in the 90s to 2000 times. Um, but Dwayne was particularly interested in some of the methodology of this one so it was quite humorous at times yeah i'm i'm gonna butcher pronunciations because we're talking about people in italy so you just get over it <laughs> mariana de leva e marino so mariana uh, mariana um, yeah she was born to a wealthy banking family in milan her mom died when she was a baby so her father dumped her on an aunt to raise her. And he forgot about her as he went about his business across Europe. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Just forgot about her. <laughs> oh, wait. I have a kid? Fuck. Um, at age 13, he remembered her long enough to force her to go to a convent in Monza. Now, she took well to being at the nunnery, and she took the name Sister Virginia. And she was a role model for the younger novices, like the newbie nurses. This all changed when she was in her 20s, when she fell head over heels for a young aristocratic womanizer. I guess they had womanizers back then? I reckon so. Named Jean Paolo Osio. Osio. And a years-long torrid affair ensued. So that pretty much ensures that you have like a front seat ticket on the bus to hell when you're having an affair with a nun, right? Um, probably. <laughs> well, he wanted to make sure that there was like a reserved seating section for him. Oh, where are we going? And why are we in a handbasket? <laughs> well, he has his own handbasket painted bright red and it's got his name on it embroidered and everything. <laughs> She probably does, too. Um, so, Osio had a blacksmith make him copies of the convent's keys and would sneak into Marianne's room. This goes back and forth between calling her Marianna and Marianne. So, so just pick one and go with it. Yeah, just go with it. Um, 
there were actually a couple of nuns and a priest that knew about their little escapades and apparently were covering for them. They were probably being bought off. <clears throat> probably so. Um, she actually birthed two children, so there really wasn't a way to pretend it wasn't happening. Um, one of them was stillborn, and the other was a daughter, and Osio adopted her, which I guess he didn't really adopt her. He just kept his own child. Yeah, I was <laughs> curious as to how that worked when we read it the first time, because how do you adopt your own child? Well, I guess to save face about the nunnery, it was an orphan right. through their convent that he adopted. But really, he just kept his kid. So, Mariana would alternate between wanting to satisfy her lust and feeling guilty about her sin. At some point, this is the part you like. <laughs> this is absolutely crazy. So, so y'all know um, when alcoholics are trying to stop drinking, they'll sometimes take that medicine that makes them sick when they drink so that they'll associate alcohol with being violently ill. I'm waiting for, I guess, the people to answer me. I guess you weren't aware of it. Oh, uh, I was not. Oh, yeah. It's called antabuse. Nice. Okay. Um, and they have to take it every day. It's like a pill. Uh-huh. And if they drink any alcohol, they will just violently vomit. Okay. So I guess this is what she was going for. She wanted to turn her lust for Osio into disgust. <laughs> 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 Y'all, y'all get ready. It's, it's coming. So she began eating his feces. She was eating his poop. It's his poo poo. His caca. Nasty. Not his, not his other caca, but his caca. Yeah. And see, I can't read that and not think about a nun sitting there holding a big old turd. <laughs> Just chomping on it like it's a candy bar. <laughs> hey, I have an idea for a chocolate bar. It's called Baby Ruth. <laughs> hmm, he had corn last night. <laughs> Where are you getting peanuts from? Okay, so if that wasn't bad enough for y'all to have to listen to, <laughs> this didn't work. Literally eating his shit, she still work? wanted to do his brains out. Like, yeah. So in 1606, a nun threatened to expose the affair. She was Ooh. probably tired of seeing Mariana eat shit. Oh, gross. <laughs> She probably like, this is gross. I won't see it no more. And you know what happens? Snitches get stitches. Yeah, well, this snitch got the ditch. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Osio murdered her. Um, along with the complicity of Mariana. So I guess Mariana knew he was murdering her is what that means. Yes. Um, and then Mariana threatened the other nuns that they would have the same thing happen to them if they told on them. Don't me don't make me the only nun up in here. <laughs> I will straight shank all y'all. I will shank all y'all, and this will be my palace of shit, and I will sit and eat it and rule will, the world. We will serve shit every night. <laughs> she might like that pie in the help. <laughs> I haven't seen the help. Really? 
Why do you act surprised? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyways, never mind. Well, hey, wasn't there like, who was it that, that chopped up the guy and fed him to the people at the restaurant? What movie? Fried Green Tomatoes. That's oh. it. Yeah. I was thinking about that Barber movie that Courtney likes. The Barber of Seville or something like that. Had no Johnny Depp in it. Yeah, no. It was the musical and he... No, that's not it. Well, it they were fried doing, Green Tomatoes. They were doing that in that movie too. Fried Green Tomatoes okay. is where I was going. It was Fried Green Tomatoes, everyone. It was not the Johnny Depp movie no, about the wasn't. barber that killed everyone. Nobody knows about that movie. <laughs> Courtney does, and I do. I watched it. Hit us up on Facebook if you've seen that movie and you know what I'm talking about. Let's prove it to Dwayne that it exists and people have watched it. You know, once again, the question is not, does Dwayne believe that the movie exists? <laughs> no time did I ever question that that happened. He just doesn't care. <laughs> we were not discussing that movie. Fried Dream Tomatoes. That's what we were discussing. Okay. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I just lost my Southerner card. They're going to send me back to Jersey. Anyways, we got the shitting nun and her boyfriend killing people. Let's get back to that. Yep. Are you trying yep. to look into the microphone? Is no. that what's happening? No. <laughs> so, OCO and Mariana tried covering their tracks by spreading a story that the murdered nun had run off. But, of course, people started talking about iffy things that were going on at the convent. So, OCO just started murdering more people. He heard them talking about rumors going on at the nun- at the nunnery. He just, off they go. Oh, they ran off, too. <laughs> you get a death. You get a death. You get a death. Everybody gets a death. Um, he killed the blacksmith who made the copies of the keys. You know, because that's a witness. That's a loose end. <laughs> Um, he killed an apothecary who had supplied, supplied Mariana with abortion herbs. So I guess that's why the one was stillborn. Either that or she'd been pregnant many other times as well. Maybe so. Um, or maybe was just taking because they didn't have birth control pills back then. So maybe she just regularly took abortion herbs to prevent. <laughs> wonder, um, that's interesting. What kind of herb would cause that, I wonder? Um, I, there's certain essential oils that you aren't supposed to use when you're pregnant because it can cause contractions and stuff. And basically it just causes you to deliver early and the baby dies. Uh, so probably something like that. Okay. Makes sense. It causes dilation and all that fun stuff. Um, so guess what? Their plan didn't work. They didn't kill everyone? Killing everyone that talked about them didn't work. <laughs> hmm. Eventually, word reached the governor of Milan, who ordered an investigation. Surprised he didn't get killed. Or fed shit. (laughs) I don't think she was feeding shit. I think she was the only one eating it. So, Osio, Mariana, and their complicit enablers were arrested in 1607 and tortured to reveal what they knew. Osio escaped and was sentenced to death in absentia. So they had his trial without him and said, okay, well, when we find him, we kill him. Wanted dead or alive. Yeah. Preferably dead. Yeah. Well, he was killed soon thereafter by a friend. <laughs> so, I think the, the term acquaintance would be better. Well, it says acquaintance, but I liked friend better. <laughs> that is so not what it is. 
I bet there was a reward. And everyone was poor as shit back then. So they probably like, hey, anyone who brings us his dead body gets a thousand dollars. And they're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm really inappropriate tonight. <laughs> you know, what was that movie? I was, um, the Django. The Barber of Seville. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the one it's called. I'm going to have to look it up. Johnny Depp. Barber. Sweeney Todd. That's what it is. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> and folks, this is me giving no shits. <laughs> Absolutely none. No shits are given about Sweeney Todd. Everyone else feels better. It was a Tim Burton movie. The lady that played Bellatrix and Harry Potter was in it. Yeah. They made meat pies. <laughs> Send us your comments. Still no shits. Back me up. Uh, I'm backing you up. If you give no shits, how's Mariana going to eat them? It's not my problem. Well, Osio gave shits. There it is. And then he was killed. Death. Mariana was sentenced to life in solitary confinement, which back then meant she was bricked up in a small cell measuring four feet by nine. She was there for 14 years until she was deemed reformed and released to spend her remaining days, guess where? In a yeah. convent. Oh, nice. <laughs> so how do they decide after 14 years being blocked up in a brick wall that you're reformed? What Good. reformed you? Um, I have no idea. That shit crazy is what I was thinking. I mean, I guess at least she had plenty to snack on in there because she probably didn't have a separate bathroom. Well, she, they had to feed her because you can't live 14 years on nothing. Yeah, I think what they did back then is they, they would brick them in, but they'd have a little slot that yeah. w- they would slip food through. But I don't know where, maybe there was like a little trough that ran down that maybe they pottied in. But she probably wanted to keep hers. No, she didn't <laughs> want to eat her poop. Maybe she got a taste for it. I doubt it. But they let her out and let her go back to a convent. That's where she did all her stuff in the first place. But it was the guy's fault. He was an influencer. She just wanted him too bad, and so she did bad things to try to get it his attention. There you go. Come boys on. Boys are bad news. We're Everyone, rolling five minutes still. Stay away from boys. Well, guess what? That's the end of the story. Yeah. Shall we discuss Sweeney Todd for five minutes? Fuck Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Johnny Depp, don't tempt me. <laughs> Doesn't he live in Alabama? I thought he lived in France. Wasn't he seen in Florence? Yeah, he's he was doing that Muscle Shoals project. Yeah. Johnny Depp, hit me up. I have permission. It's on the podcast for everyone to hear. Yep. All right, so shall we do some housekeeping? Housekeeping. You want some towels? No. No? You want a fluff pillow? No. Okay, how about our intro music? You were talking about it earlier. House of Curses. House of Curses. They kick ass. Our music does too. Um... Facebook and Instagram. If you want to talk about Sweeney Todd, you can hit us up at WTF Was That Pod on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love for someone to just talk about Sweeney Todd on there. That'd just make my day. You know what? <laughs> if someone wants to talk about Sweeney Todd, 
shoot us a message. We will give you the number. You can call in and y'all can discuss Sweeney Todd all y'all want. Or you can send us an email at WTFWTPodcast at gmail.com. Anything else you'd like to add? Mm, I do have a new link that's going to carry you to all the links of where our show is hosted. And we do still have our support me tab on the page. Shout out to our patron. Yes. No, it's not a patron. We don't have a patron account. Well, I said patron, not Patreon. Oh, okay. Shout out to our supporter who supported us. Yes. Thank you so very much, Miss Ashley. And I guess... We'll have, hopefully, weekly episodes again after this. Hopefully, we'll have something a little better, a little more laid out. Um, something was said the other day that that podcasting is not something you can just throw together and expect it to be good. And that's kind of what we've done here lately. And I, I kind of think that we'll get back to our actual maybe digging into a few topics and getting a little deeper into them. So you're going to research? Uh, yeah, I'll try. Because <laughs> I had research. So, yeah. So, I guess other than that, I mean, hit us up on the socials and hit the button. <laughs> <laughs>